Welcome to Living in Harmony, a podcast for Christian parents who want to make the peace in their household without sacrificing their sanity. Here, we talk about everything from sibling rivalry to dating and how to raise your kids to be strong in their faith while maintaining your own. But don't worry, we're not all preachy here. That's the purpose of your church and your pastor. Here, we're here for you to help you know you are not alone in this crazy journey called parenthood. So whether you're a seasoned pro or a brand new parent, Living in Harmony This is the podcast for you. So grab some coffee and join us as we navigate the ups and downs of raising kids in a Christian household where the gospel is the center. Welcome back to Living in Harmony. We are in episode, what did you, you tallied it up first, Robert. Well, so my son said that we had done, uh, I believe it was 30 episodes up to, you know, before this season started. So I guess we're now at episode 32. 31, 32. Yeah. It's a while. You know, we were we were talking about some statistics. The average podcast doesn't go past three episodes. That's so crazy. I think that's because people, when they start podcasts, they have this idea they want to like make it big and then it doesn't happen in three episodes. So they give up because they realize real quick they might not become the thing we're going to be talking about today. Mm. So mm. if you did check our last episode, you know today we're going to be going down. Uh, I consider this is like a, a squirrely little path right here because there's lots of history behind it. It's currently being made. We're talking about social media influencers. So yep. um, if you're listening today, chances are you've probably heard about this um, because it's on the news now. You know, it's kind of mainstream when the news starts talking about it, you know, but but. <laughs> Ultimately, it's important to know what an influencer is because the culture didn't start off with, we're going to get popular to get rich. It started out with people on YouTube and just kind of getting big. And then it was Facebook. And, you know, before that, it was MySpace. But really, (laughs) some of us are old enough to remember MySpace. I remember MySpace. Yeah, some of y'all were on AOL Instant Messenger. That was, Ooh, that hurts. Let's date ourselves. That hurts well, me. I wasn't on that. But yes. But I, I remember it. But now we have this full-fledged career called mm-hmm. social media influencer. Right now, there are a lot of teenagers. This is this is a viable option. Just mm-hmm. like um, some of you want to be engineers and you know pilots, why don't be a social media influencer? So if you're listening today, you don't know exactly what that is. I've gone to Corsa, which is a site where people go to do training for certain jobs. And I just found what is a social media influencer without any bias, because like any job, like anything there, it cuts both ways. So an influencer is not a bad thing. I think it is the stigma to uh, to demonize it because we don't know what it is. But it's important that we know what it is because it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just it can go either way. So here's what it is. Social media influencers seek to establish themselves as experts in a particular field and share their knowledge with curated audiences, one on one or one or more social media channels. So they create content. They regularly post it. They work to build relationships with their followers by engaging that audience they do it on like what's now X, YouTube, Facebook. Facebook is still the number one influencer market, still, believe really, it or still not. Still number one. Number <laughs> okay. two is, um, I looked it up before we started, number two right now is YouTube. Obviously, TikTok is this whole other influencer apparatus primarily mm. um, geared towards Gen Z. But Facebook's um, got the most people, so by nature of it. But in the, in the end, these are people who have experts, and it's blossomed into a career in a lot of places where um, – Marketing brands, agencies, sometimes we won't really get into this. Even governments will um, pay or put out benefits for you to promote their brand product or idea. So this is this is an influencer. It's a person well-known, very popular. So mm-hmm. 
it's interesting because you know we used to just call those people celebrities, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you remember back when like celebrities would be on the Wheaties box? Um, <laughs> who were some of the ones on the Wheaties box? There were a lot. Well, they were most. They were oh, all... a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. I remember Mary Lou Retton from. Uh, I mean, that's probably before Who's your that? time. I figured sorry. you would say oh, that. My gosh. Yeah. Olympic, yeah, Olympic, she was gymnast. Olympic gymnast. Oh, okay. Nineteen eighty from the eighties. Yeah. When you were just a mm. little bitty thing. <laughs> yeah. See, I wanted the boxes that had like Raphael on the front, the Ninja Turtle cereal, you know. <laughs> but but you know, it was um, back then. If you were a celebrity, it was a controlled thing. You know, you kind of got to the top if you had the right cultural aesthetic about you, right? And then we did have countercultural come in in the '60s, kind of broke that up some. You know, they had the sexual revolution that kind of created its own thing. But in a lot of ways the people who were controlling the masses up until the social media revolution was large in part, it was controlled, right? Like we had the government kind of would, you know, there was on TV is how you got most of your information or the newspaper. And there were checks and balances that you couldn't cross. Well, now that's blown out the water. Um, We have more millionaire teenagers than ever because of social media platforms. And when we talk about, um, Gen Z, when we talk about all of the things that go into it, um, I think it's important to note just how much people are influenced and, and we're influenced by even, we don't know, but before we get into it, I just want to ask you guys. All right. Okay. So you're on the interwebs. You got kids who are heavily influenced by these influencer people, but do you have any influencers in your life? Like online, real true blue influencers. <laughs> I got a feeling April's got a couple that maybe y'all mm-hmm. never heard of. So go ahead. She's laughing. Go. Who, who are your influencers? Oh, goodness. Well, so um, if you've listened to the podcast at all in the past, you probably have heard us talk a few times about the, that we like to garden. So um, years ago, we totally stunk at gardening, and now we're really successful with it. And um, it's because of YouTube influencers um, in the gardening community. So, yes, that is a thing. There are... There are um, I guess, for lack of a better word, celebrity gardeners. And there's some from the UK that I watch, and there's some from the United States that I watch. And a lot of what I've learned and that has helped us become so successful is from that. So. I just, celebrity gardeners. Celebrity yes, gardeners. You and, would not think it's a and, thing. And, hey, I can go on with more exciting things because also there's a woman that I watch for uh, canning. I love to do canning. Um, yeah. And um, I think there's one other... Um, but um, yeah. So interestingly enough, as I was researching, things like that. As I was oh, researching, quail, quail oh, yeah, too, because you know we have chickens and quail, mm-hmm. and They're so weird. yep. There's actual um, influencers for homesteading community. So there's some homesteaders and stuff that I watch. Yeah, I was as I was doing research for this, I, I came across a, a. It was actually another podcast that talked about um, you know these these uh, female influencers. Who were into kind of the what I guess it's known as trad wife now, traditional yeah. um, wifeliness and and um, motherhood and and um, you know just being much more what what a hundred years ago would have been that's what a woman does. Uh, but apparently the uh, <laughs> a lot of these are you know are Mormons who are ex- explicitly trying to trying to spread you know their version of the gospel that way. And there's a lot of evangelical Christians in there as well who are trying to spread. You know, using using those um, that aesthetic of of being a a wife and a mother and a homemaker and some of those things. Yeah. 
that uh, to, to to kind of communicate and and overtly influence the culture. I found that really interesting. But you know, also just so you know, canning now it's not just that thing your grandma used to do. It's actually really trendy now. Also, something and I don't do I don't follow any of this, but um, knitting and crocheting is super trendy now, especially with oh, yeah. the younger kids. Mm-hmm. Well, and and then you have to look at so you have the rise of the influencers, and meanwhile. Traditional marketing has really floundered in the past few years, mainly because they used to primarily market through commercials. We don't really have commercials. If you do, you skip them in three seconds. Or they promoted them through pop-up ads, which most software, most search engines, I saw well over 50% of all pop-ups are now blocked. So these people were coming to a point where they're like, "We, we got to figure out how to make money. And these people already have relationships one-sided with their with their crowd. So we're going to partner with them, mm-hmm. slip, give them some money. They'll promote our brand, even if it's just them just drinking the drink uh, over the over the, over thing. And what we see is like the rise of the influence culture has has brought the marketing agency deep into not just somebody's house, but into their heart. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Uh, a great example right now is Stanley Cups are very big right now. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, yeah, the little steel insulated ones, not the hockey ones. Yes. A few years ago, <laughs> they were making, they were topping out. It was like uh, $75 million is what they were making. They're primarily mar- marketed to men. Those are the big, big green thermoses. Like we mm-hmm. were talking about. Got one in the garage. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, these, they had this other cup they had just made in green and black and put it in the same section. These house moms, um, the got a hold of it. And they're influencers. And online, they went and talked about how good these cups were. That's all they did was talk about how good these cups were. All these other women started getting a hold of it. They were like, we want it. All of a sudden, Stanley was phasing this cup out. (laughs) Anyways, so what ends up happening may not be on the same order, but this is what happened. The guy who made Crocs a big deal, which if you can make Crocs a big deal, all right? They're pretty comfy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) He, He... Funny story, the way Crocs got big is he made partnerships with people like Post Malone, gave them an exclusive shoe. That's why people started buying Crocs. Mm. So this guy comes over, Stanley. He goes, we're going to pull that influence culture in here. Grabs these women. Hey, what color do women want? Meanwhile, the guys behind the door at Stanley, their heads were rolling because they were (laughs) like, we do not want pastel any this is a uh, man's pastel club sell. yeah these these are a man's club we want ammo box looking coffee hot drink but the the guy the new guy who come in said we're gonna do this pastel blue and on the back of nothing but influencers they have now have over 700 million dollars of profit so yeah, 75 to 700 million dollars over in profit and even now I don't know if you saw this one lady's car burned down and inside the car was a Stanley cup that did not burn. And she just posts on social media, at least I got my Stanley cup. (laughs) Stanley sends a public message out to her. We knew our cups were, you know, sturdy and we're going to send you some more cups, Hmm. but also we're going to replace your car. And, and, And the guy who was over Stanley cup at that moment, he made the turn. He became this influencer because he did that. Brilliant move, yeah. Because in some ways you can cut out the middleman because mm-hmm. your top guy's the influencer. But this is this is this is the culture we're in. It is it is to make money. That doesn't mean it's 
evil. I mean, if you grew up watching traditional TV, it exists to make money. Mm. Traditional TV hasn't always necessarily been evil. But I do think the greater the greater thing we need to speak to today as families is this is this is here. It's at your front step. It's in your house. And I've got some statistics that I think um, they're very sobering for me um, about teenagers, Gen Z specifically, in regards to um, this. Because Gen Z are very highly, and they're the most influenced of all of them. Once you drop into like the baby boomers, um, you're only about 9% are influenced by traditional these new influencers. But 70% of teens, they trust um, influencers more than traditional celebrities. Mm. So it used to be, you know, if, if Michael Jordan got on the box, you buy the Wheaties. Well, now Michael Jordan gets on the box, you're like, he's an athlete, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't trust and athletes. And we don't trust athletes, <laughs> right? Um, but here's the one that really got me. Four in 10, so that's 40%, right, of millennials who subscribe to influencers say their favorite influencer understands them better than their own friends. Wow. Mm. This person who doesn't even know them. So what's that saying about the culture that we're in and, and the dynamic of a teenager's life today? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that shows the, the, the power of this, this, this medium of communication that we have. You know, here we are, you know, we're, we're looking at this and, and we're sitting, you know, between a, there's a camera between us and an, and an Internet between us and the people that we're talking to. And and, you know, but that may have the power to help someone's life. We hope it does. That's yeah. why we're here. Right. And, and these, you know, these, these young people are experiencing that. And these influencers, a lot of them really do care about the things they're passionate about. There's this one guy, he's, I would call him one of my influencers. His name's Jim Mint. And he was kind of on the way up. He had like 10,000 subscribers and uh, he, he, he basically reviews comics and he reviews comic sculptures, which are like a big thing right now. And, uh, he, I made him, I, I do a lot on Adobe, so I went on Premiere and made him a really cool intro video for his comic show where it flips, looks like the Marvel, and then it comes, his logo comes up. And uh, he started using it, you know, which was really cool. And then he makes this Facebook group, with ha- and it gets like over 10,000 people in it. And now um, there's this this influencer, he's not just this entity over here, he's actually got a Facebook group where we're in it, we interact and, and to this teenager's point, there are people in that group who get a certain side of each other. No one else does. For example, I will wear uh, my fandom, as y'all know, is Ninja Turtles. So right. I'll wear a shirt. People don't care, right? I've watched a girl go in there the other day. She goes, I, I ordered this Ninja Turtle shirt and nobody cared, but I want to show a picture of you here. And everybody was like, that's awesome. So get this. In the real world, no one cared about her. Mm-hmm. But in this world, this influencer has created for her, everybody loves her. So when, when someone comes along and says, hey, we'll pay you to tell her to buy this, you see where it can become gray real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at some statistics also in looking at this. And, you know, of as, this is a couple of years old, right? 67% of teens are using uh, TikTok specifically was about the 16% used it, what they referred to as constantly, right? And then more than 33% of daily users of that, of that platform are under the age of 14. 
Wow. So under under the age of Scary. fourteen, preteen almost. Pretty. So so as parents, it's incredibly important for us to be aware of the power of these of this influencer culture and to figure out how to get you know how to get our influence into our kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And, and and the way we do that is almost seems the opposite of, of our knee reaction, right? Uh, the knee reaction is that's foreign, it's evil, cut, stop. You know, I can't believe you watched that person. That's so silly. But we all know, like, we don't even need to say this. It's a parenting podcast. You all know when you make something forbidden fruit, especially when it's not all necessarily sour. There, I mean, there's there's great Christian influencers out there. I would encourage anyone, listen now, there's a YouTube channel called uh, uh, What Do You Meme? It's a fantastic yep. Christian channel. It's fantastic. 10-minute Bible hour, that guy, fantastic. There's a guy named Ruzalon, and uh, he's, got, he's a West Coast Christian influencer. Um, sometimes he comes across a certain way. Uh, <laughs> that, that I'm not in, in with, but it, it's good because it broadens you out. So, so there are these, these redemptive elements to this culture, but also there's, there's other things just like real life. For example, before y'all got here today, I was bumping some nineties country, you know? Um, <laughs> and I think it's totally okay to listen to nineties country, um, even though it's not exclusively Christian, right? Influencers are the same way. There's not, there's people who are not Christian influencers, but listening to them gives you great insight um, on the word, like one I listen to is Tim Pool for news because he is um, middle of the road. So I know I'm not getting an extreme view on each side, but he tells you that he's more. I'm one of the ones I would say he's more trustworthy than the news. He's just a dude on YouTube. Um, so and and teenagers are the same way. The only thing is they're getting their tick. They're a lot of current culture, geopolitical, spiritual thing. A lot of it's coming from 30 second sound bites on TikTok mm-hmm. from influencers. And this well, is where curated by that platform. Yeah, right. you, you want to speak to that a little bit because the algorithm definitely is something that a parent needs to be aware of. This is a big, big, big part of this culture. Yeah. So the 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 those that platform specifically, and and all of these are owned by somebody, right? And they they're trying to get you to stay on that platform because they want you to you know you know, see the next garden video, right? They want you to see the next cat video, whatever it is. They want you on that platform and not flipping over to the other one so that they've got the eyeballs and they can sell the advertising, however model that is. Um, but in some cases, like TikTok especially, is owned by the Chinese, well, a Chinese company. Um, and we, won't get, we don't have to get into all of that. But we don't know how those algorithms work. What we do know is that people have gone and built fake profiles of 12 and 13-year-old girls and within a couple of hours or one hour of being on there, they're being fed uh, videos about eating disorders, about, you know, I don't feel pretty, about, you know, these sorts of, you know, gender problems. They're being fed this stuff by this algorithm, which interestingly, the Chinese version doesn't do. Um, Mm. It's giving, you know, kids like stay in school and be a good, you know, be a good student type of thing. So yeah, it's, we have to understand even, even if the the technology itself is neutral, that doesn't mean that the person or people who are running that and building that algorithm are, in fact, neutral. Yes, because they, and this is very important, all social media, if it's free, you are the product. <laughs> like, please remember that. Like, if, if anything is free, you are the product. Um, so that's what, when you're on TikTok, you are being sold to companies. 
right? Um, and it's interesting to see how the, the landscape of social media has changed over the years in regards to cons- consumption of media. Um, if you've been around a while, I've been on YouTube since almost it began because I was in college and it kind of got big in that area. And it used to be most of the YouTube videos, a good one was about two and a half minutes. A really good one because it was a funny little thing. There used to be entire youth ministry websites dedicated to YouTube videos that you find in Show It Youth Group. And then um, YouTube changed the algorithm. And they said, we are going to push long form content more. Because they want what you said, Robert, people staying on the platform. So if you're on YouTube now, like most people know, if I want to go and listen to a three-hour podcast, YouTube's awesome for that. Like that's where you get your Jordan Peterson. That's where you get um, you, even, well, Rogan used to be on there. But a lot of these guys who do really long, even um, Hey, I watched Ligonier, an hour gardening video hour the gardening other night. Is, yes, long-form content. Because they said we want to hang on to them. Now, TikTok has hacked that system. Because they realize, no, 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 if we can appeal to the short attention stands, we can actually keep people here the same amount of time just through scrolling. Um, so so it does. It does change things. Um, the algorithm, it's weird how it's taking us with it. We're not really taking it with us. And and when it comes to parenting your teen, it, it is important to uh, to realize that they're out, when, when you hand your kid a phone, you're also handing them an algorithm multiple algorithms that's going to shape and curate and change them as well Uh, it it changes it does change the way our brains work it changes the way we think it changes the way we look at things it changes our attention span and what things catch our eye and these are things that aren't well understood you know, we know that these things happen, but it hasn't really been studied. It can't have been studied. It's only you know five, six, seven, eight years old on some of these cases. In some of these, uh, with some of these things, so it, you don't know. You know, we don't know what it's doing to us. We have no idea what the long-term effects are going to be on children who are raised on this technology. Yeah, and so what do we need to do in light of this? Um, we need to be aware. You know, so I've actually been looking at what are some of the most popular Gen Z influencers that we have and i mean if if you don't know some of these people that's okay because all that's doing is revealing hey this might be a place as a parent where it would do well to brush up on this because and i look through these and most of these i have seen i've had students show me these people if i wasn't working with teenagers i wouldn't know who they are but these are huge and the first one you will know more than likely the one the uh, number one influencer um, with they got more than a million followers. This one's got 381 million followers. Think about that. How many people voted in the last election? I don't remember. Uh, it was like it was like 150 million, right? Double the, the last election is. Kylie Jenner. Oh, right. that's not who I was. Kylie ask. Jenner, <laughs> TikTok following. She got 52 million, um, and she is from the. She's from. She does have the the famous family behind her. Um, and at 381 million, she's 25 years old. All right. Second most followed female on all of Instagram. And what she did at the age of 14, she took her name cause she was nothing. Right. And she started collabing with brands and she would take her family name, attach it to like a shoe company or makeup. And 2015, when she launched her cosmetics, it shot her to the top. So 
for the makeup influence and everything. There's another one. Um, let me ask you if you know these. This would be a fun little thing. Have you heard of Charlie D'Amelio? No. No. Charlie. C-H-A-R-L-I. Okay, so Charlie is Instagram following 48.2 million. On TikTok, 150.2 million. YouTube, 9.36 million. She is TikTok's biggest female influencer at the moment. She got really, she posted her first video in 2019. So the biggest influencer on TikTok just was doing this in 2019. That's how this came up. She's uploading videos and this is what she was known for. Lip syncing and dancing to her videos. Hmm. That's what she was doing. She's lip syncing and doing dance. Now the dances were, I mean, they weren't, they weren't cheesy. I mean, they were, she thought through them, but it was a, a teenage girl in her bedroom doing some dances and uh people like to watch her dance probably fellow teens probably other people who probably shouldn't be watching her dance that way um but she's um she got five million followers in her first week wow so she went from obscurity to instant infamy um in 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 one week so um she became known as the perfect tiktok dancing girl and even today she is She's elevated beyond that platform because she's she kind of helped establish it for what it is. And what's interesting is um, I'm sure, you know, her dancing and everything was fine. Um, but you always have to ask in the back of your mind, what made her big? Was it um, was it her talent or was it an algorithm mm-hmm. or was it algorithm talent and right timing? We don't know because we don't see the back end of these programs. Right. A couple more. I'll just I'll just give you um, you got. Uh, let's see if I find a good one. Oh, KB Lame, y'all, y'all, y'all probably seen this guy. Um, he, he's he's the African American guy who somebody's doing something stupid and he does it simple and he just goes. <laughs> I've, I've seen that guy. He's, yeah. he's kind of funny. Yeah, that's that is pretty funny. He's twenty two year old. You know what he was doing before he made it massively famous? He was a former factory worker in Italy. Hmm. Okay, factory worker. Now TikTok. 155 million wow. followers, wow. 0.5, 79 million on Instagram. Um, and he is a top content creator. He is making collabs. He's doing all these things. Um, then you got um, Bretman Rock. Okay, so this guy, 18 million on Instagram, 15 on TikTok, 24-year-old Filipino social media influencer. Um, he's funny. He does Vine, YouTube. Um, his big shtick is makeup and LGBTQ uh, influence. Mm. So, um, and and then we go on. Obviously, you have, like I said, some of these, a lot of these, I don't even know. Like Trinity Morset, mm-hmm. she's a uh, five hundred eighty-nine thousand. She's a she's lower level influencer. She's only got a half a million people who yeah. look at her pictures every day. TikTok three point nine million. Um, she used to do lip sync videos on TikTok until she went through cyberbullying and mm-hmm. devastated her mental health. However, because of it, um, she started using her platform to educate young audiences. So she's actually coming and saying, hey, we need to stop cyberbullying. So that's the thing. That's what we're really trying to get across. Don't be scared of them. We just we just read five. One of them's trying to overcome cyberbullying. One of them's like wanting to take your children down a path they shouldn't go in any way possible. Uh, so what do we do in light of this and this influencer culture, which it is it is a, it's what I would call intimate branding. I haven't seen that through all the research we've done. Influencer culture is just intimate capitalistic branding. Mm -hmm. It's it it wants to attach to your heart, uh, make you think it cares, which I think a lot of times the people do, but the brands, they don't care, right? They're just paying the people to push the thing. 
So how do we how do we engage this influencer culture in our families? Well, I think the first thing that we need to do, I mean, you kind of talked through some of it right now. The first thing is just be aware. Um, but also, I mean, along with along with being aware of what's out there, um, now you, Delmar, you just went through a list of several different influencers. And um, I know from us talking with like one of our sons who really likes social media, um, none of those Thankfully, none of those are any of the ones that, that he's talked with us about that he likes. But, you know, have conversations with your kids about who they're watching. And, um, you know, there's one way to go about that where it's very, you know, sounds like a, a big um, interrogation. You know, who are you watching? What's going on? But you can also ask, you know, differently. Like, hey, what's one of your favorite, who's one of your favorite YouTubers? And if you ask that way, they're going to tell you. And when they, if they tell you someone you've never heard of them, um, then you just kind of say, oh, what's your favorite thing about them? Instead of like, why do you watch them? Um, you yeah, could you ask. You were so good at this with, with, with our kids as, <laughs> as you had these conversations. And, and uh, just sitting back and watching you, you go through this, I'm like, I don't think I could have done that. But, but it's, it's a skill that you practiced and, and you know, doing these things you're talking about right yeah. now. But, you know, when you ask, the way you ask can get them to open up and share with you. And, you know, um, one of our sons, I mean, he's been really forthcoming with talking to us. And as long as I, le I learned early on, I made a mistake. And you actually touched on it, Delmar. I made a mistake early on with this whole, the rise of the, the influencers and YouTubers. Because me, coming from a different generation, I thought the whole idea was stupid. I mean, I just could not understand how um, people were just going wanting to spend hours of time or even minutes of time watching these people putting up these videos about sometimes talking about just nothing important. And, um, I remember when my kids were in high school, our kids were still in high school talking about why, are, why are you guys watching this? Cause to me it was a waste of time. And, um, that didn't really go over well as yeah. far as making them go, Hmm, maybe I should not watch this. Um, especially when it wasn't yeah. harmful stuff they were watching. But um, anyway, so I started asking questions so I could learn more about it. And honestly, I've been known to watch some videos that they've shown me of some of their, some <laughs> other things that are really funny. <laughs> and so, you know. And the fact is, you know, some of it is stupid, but that's the point. Yeah. Th th I've, I've heard exactly that from our kids. Yeah. Yes, it's dumb, but that's the point. This, yeah, that's this why. This is where it's so important to understand Gen Z humor. And, mm -hmm. and I do want us to do a whole episode on Gen Z humor because there's a lot to learn there. It's actually very nuanced. And I would be willing to guess if you've got a child who's a Gen Z, you've seen some of this humor expressed, but you just can't place it. I'd love to dive in and really talk about Gen Z humor because um, Mr. Beast became huge. Oh, yeah. One of the things he did that made him huge is he ran a live stream where he just spun a fidget spinner. I've for, heard of that. For hundred, like dozens of hours. He didn't say, I watched it. I'm not going to lie. Why are people getting so hyped? <laughs> and then I'm watching him like, oh, man, I hope he doesn't stop. Like, if it stops, he's ruined. Like, I got into it, and it's dumb. It's, lit <laughs> it's objectively dumb. But that's that's the point. And some of the Gen Z humor is what you would call ironic humor. A lot of it is ironic, which you're especially your youngest, he's really into ironic mm, very much. I can send yeah. him some funny videos and <laughs> he gets it. But yes, so what what we would encourage you to do, and April just said this, is to replace your 
preconceived thought, right? Replace it with curiosity. Be curious. Mm-hmm. Be curious. But but when you're curious as a parent, be curious but not probing. We we discussed this right before the show. Ask questions, but not in an indicting, I'm right. not gonna like your answer right. way. And all of us who've had parents growing up, we've received those questions, mm-hmm. right? Even from other people. We've had people tell us, Why are you gonna do that? You don't really wanna know the answer. But if you say, Hey, why why is this awesome? You know, for me, um, I'm getting, you know, the new gen is gen alpha, right? The young kids. Um, Ooh, we've rolled over. We've alpha. rolled oh. over. My kids are gen alpha and, and I'm getting a peek into their world. My kids like watching um, people take Mario from the game and uh, play the game, but they're making up another story and talking over it. That would seem like it's the game, but it's not. <laughs> it's very interesting. Obviously, that culture is not fleshed out yet. It's just in its infancy. But all that to say, be curious. Why, why are they into this? But not probing. And here's the thing. If, if your child is into an influencer you disagree with, you telling them to stop watching them, you ain't fixing the problem. Actually, what just happened that was a good thing is your child just threw... Revealing an influencer revealed a part of their heart. So That's now, a good way to think about it. You know a part of their heart. Instead of just making it forbidden fruit, no, no, no. you got to tend to the heart. That, that's, that's huge. Um, which, which kind of brings us to our, our second thing, because we said our first thing was, you know, ask questions about being curious, but not probing. Second thing is, we've said this before, but we, we wanted to definitely talk about this here, is make sure that as much as you can... You're encouraging your child to take their values to their social media. Mm-hmm. Take their values. I know we've been talking about that. Yeah, and that you have to they have to understand what the values are, which means you can't start with the social media. You have to kind of go back and say, okay, why do we believe what what is it that we believe? You know, we've talked about uh, catechizing your kids and making sure that they understand the the you know the the values and the faith that we have as as Christ followers. You know, what is it that Jesus has us to do and wants us to do? Uh, and being able to build that out in their lives and apply that to the things that they're doing. And and that means sometimes unpacking that that worldview. Oh, the influencer said this. You know, uh, what is what does Jesus think about that? You know, and, and those, mm-hmm. those can be really good conversations with your kids. Yeah, and which means we have a role in that because you are, as a parent, also an influencer. Even if it's uh, not necessarily an always appreciated one in your child's life, that you are. So, and the good thing is, as an influencer, you're the one person who's not trying to sell your child something. And and you know what? I'll just share something that our that our uh, youngest son. Um, and even though I, we call him our youngest son, he is he's now, an adult. He's 21 now. He just had a birthday. But um, one of the things he told us because when we were having a discussion with him about this very topic um, this past week was he, he mentioned that, you know, when he was in high school, um, I think Robert asked him, you know, um, did you resent that we asked questions? You know, we would always, you know, want to know about your influencers or who you're watching or whatever. And he said, I'm thankful that you guys yeah. did because um, he said sometimes it was a little annoying because I kind of felt like sometimes you just ask too many questions. But he said, I'm glad you did. And um, even with him talking to us about his 
favorite, you know, influencers that he enjoys watching. There was one that he mentioned that he said this one particular one, he would actually, he said, I don't really watch him because he's pretty foul mouthed with his language. Although the other, when you take that part out, the stuff that he, the content he does is actually pretty enjoyable, but he said, I just don't need to hear all that. And that made me happy to know he's taking his values. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that is one thing that's, I think is still important. It, even if they're on, you know, social media, if they're influencers, the Bible is still the Bible and our standard is still there. And so we still hold everything against scripture. And if there is some kind of influencer, that's just pushing all kinds of stuff that really is counter to, you know, what, what the truth of scripture then, or what we're supposed to dwell on, I think it is okay to, you know, and we should as parents talk with our kids um, in those teachable moments to kind of help remind them, make sure that you're filling your mind with things you should be filling your mind with, and that's not one of those things that needs to go. And that doesn't mean that the kid does that perfectly, at least not the first time, right? So, you know, we're, we're looking back and, and, and having this conversation three, four, five years, you know, down the road, um, a little more than that, actually. But, you know, that doesn't mean that in that moment, the kid's like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, you're this, that's that's what that's the wisdom. Right. We don't we don't always appreciate it in that moment. Uh, but but that's why as parents, we have to keep coming back over and over and be consistent across all the things. You know, we're following Christ on the on the sports field. We're following Christ at school or, you know, when with what we learn, with what we watch, with what we listen to. Um, it's a big part of what we're trying to do with this with this podcast is help to help to build that out. And so it, it, it takes grace and it takes time. Yeah. And you know, when it comes down to taking your values to, you know, social media, we do that through the conversations we have. Uh, But also that is a really, it's a good insight. If you want to know your current values of your child or the values that they are adopting, just ask them who their top five favorite people on the internet are. You don't have to call them influencers because then they might think, oh, you're probing. If you say, who are your top five people? Um, And then listen, make middle notes, go listen to them because that's the biggest thing. You know, it used to be, and it's still still important, parents, when they would audit their children's phones, they would go to, you know, let me go to the browser history and, and look at that. Let me see what apps they've downloaded. Let me make sure there's locks on certain things and that's still important but i would say if you're a diligent parent you also should be going through um and i hate to say it because like you're rummaging around in an underwear drawer but as a parent you know if they're going to hide the drugs in the underwear drawer i'm going to go look in the underwear drawer you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. um but but just go on their social media and just click following and just see who they're following that's that's a real big insight I don't consider that snooping. I consider that being being a parent. Um, parent. <laughs> yeah. Or um, some people they they don't follow because they know. Um, another way that you can do this is um, on Instagram, especially, or even on TikTok. You just hit that in Instagram, the Explore tab, and it pulls up curated posts of things that you've been interested in before. So if you click the explore tag and a bunch of four wheeler stuff comes up and ATV and mud digging, like we got a student in our youth group. If you did that on her phone, that's the only thing we come up. <laughs> that and puppy dogs. Oh, yeah. I know who you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> exactly. Like safe bet because that's who she's following. Yeah. Um, but you can also go in there and see what else comes up. There are ways um, to do that, which which does bring right into our third thing. So we're 
be curious, you know, have open conversations about your values, see what values they're taking to it. But the, la- the third one is you got to have digital literacy. We're in this age where we can't afford just to be like, I'm going to grow old and the younger generation will get the, get the technology. Well, that used to be okay when the technology was like, you know, dad needs help hooking up the RCA cables. <laughs> yep. But now the new technology is, hi, there's a mind virus trying to get into your child's head through our culture. And it's using this technology to do it. We don't have the luxury of being ignorant anymore. Mm-hmm. So digital li- literacy is so important. Um, it, d- it literally doesn't take much time to say who are the top 50 um, social media people today. See what they're about. Talk to your kids about it. And yeah. you want to know one of the thing, one of the best resources you might have available to you if you're if you feel like you need to become more digitally literate is your kids. And if you ask them, if you own it that you don't know everything, and ask them, I know um, our kids are more than happy if I ask, like, hey, um, can you tell me more about how to, you know subscribe to a YouTube uh, YouTuber or how to, you know, whatever you, I mean, yeah, hopefully, you know, but they will be more than happy to show you because you're asking yeah. them about their world and now they're the subject matter expert and you're going to them. And instead of them always being told by you, you know, everything they got to do, they're actually able to teach you something. And a lot of times they respond very positively to that. And yep. you'd be surprised what you can find out. <laughs> and, and, you know, if it's a, if it's an appropriate, you know, app or thing or tool for your kid to have on the phone, maybe you should have an account too, right? Yeah. And and you ha- ask them to help, <clears throat> excuse me, ask them to help you set it up. It's like, oh, yeah. I want to see my gardening videos or whatever yeah. it is, you know, so how do I, how do I set it up so that that happens? Yeah. And, and honestly, that's also, man, if your child is on a social media platform, you need to be on it, mm-hmm. even if you don't yeah. like it. Because like, for example, um, if, if I, when I, when I meet someone and I'm like, Hey, I wonder who this person is. I'll go on their Instagram and then I can click who are they following there? Cause it's open if we're friends and I can see who they're following. Oh, this is kind of how this person is. It's helpful, right? It's, it's a great resource, mm-hmm. especially when you're discipling people. <laughs> um, some people call that internet stalking. Um, but like April said, I call it doing your due diligence if this person's going to be in your in your space. I mean, back in the day when 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 we were young, it was the beginning of the stranger danger, right? And and so you didn't, you know, mm. as a good parent, you didn't just let any adult around your kid. Well, that's what this is. It's just a, that applying that same principle to a new thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't allow, allow just any adult in your kid's phone. Right. Or you right. shouldn't. Uh, you need to be able to, you know, you need to understand what that risk is and, and police it and set up guardrails properly. And that comes through being literate. And and that doesn't even mean you have to use it. You just have to be aware. Like, I have an account. I don't only use it, but I have an account to certain social medias because it's like I need to know. Friends will send, students will send me stuff or parents will sometimes send me stuff, but I don't necessarily like, for example, TikTok. I'm not even, man, that's when I, I've, I, open it. I'm like, Oh, there's that. Like I have, I went down the rabbit hole and lost a few hours on that thing. I was like, no, I'm good. But I'll have an account because I do have students, um, who will make up like a cute thing about, you know, this is me at youth group and they'll send it to me. I'm like, that's cool. They'll pull you in that world. So you need to be digitally literate, um, especially with the way culture's moving right now. And then, uh, the last thing we, we had discussed and this, this, I think this is very important. The reason oftentimes we we go to these online influencers is because it is increasingly becoming hard to meet people offline. Right now, most dating happens through apps. 
Um, most meeting people happens online first. Um, so what's happening is the real life in person influencers, we used to call them mentors, right? Mm -hmm. We used to call them, Hey, he's my cool uncle. We used to call them those people. Um, they're just not, they're, they're still easy to come by, but the means to get them are not easy. Mm -hmm. So as parents introduce your children to people you would love for them to be around or those people's children who you would love, give them influence. Cause there's something in our heart that's making us want to go to these influencers. And I think some of that is because we're lacking it in the real world. Yeah. 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 And we've talked about before, um, on, you know, on, on this podcast about, you know, building relationships between your family and other families that you like things that they do, you know, people who are farther along in your parenting journey, their kids are older than yours, but you like how they're turning out. It's like, nope, give me some of it. Help me to find what you've done. Help me to, you know, to, to get those, those parenting hacks in that real life. Cause we can say things here, but you know, it's so much better for you to be in a relationship with somebody else. Absolutely. Uh, and that's true. That's true here too. And you could put your children in those paths. I know my child, uh, when we first started coming to Harmony, he goes to vacation Bible school. And one of the preacher's boys was one of the main characters in, a, in this play. We do ours a little different than other churches. And my child looks up to him now. Oh, that's that was Samuel. Yep. Or, who you know, that's Samuel. And, and he always, in his mind, this cat will always be like this biblical figure. And what a great place. What a great message that there, that can happen. And I would, I would encourage you, that's your best space to immediately find influencers is in a church. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere else mm -hmm. I can think of where you can go for free that doesn't want something from you necessarily, where people actually want better in you and for your life than church. So, so when you go there, in theory, you know... A good church. A good church, yes. In theory, your child should be able to find people that we want them to be like when they go to church. So, so we would encourage you to do that, to put them in front of offline influencers. <laughs> if you can't find people you yeah. want them to be like at your church, yes. maybe well, that's not the right church. <laughs> some of the reason, and we can kind of end on this because I think this is a good note because um, it goes to a lot of this. The reason this influencer culture exists is because niches, right? Everybody, mm -hmm. you have QuailCon. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have QuailCon, but we you attended QuailCon. Quail Con. Yeah, when we... you told me, <laughs> exactly. Still, I think it's hilarious, but like it's serious. I think we sent you pictures from you it did, too. but it was you, a fun weekend. But you know when I appreciated it when I ate that first quail. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. But but all that to say, you're not going to find that where we live. So how great is it that this culture has been curated for you, so you can go and talk about skinning quail <laughs> and breeding them so they're big, fat, <laughs> juicy birds. Like that's wonderful. So, so it does, it, it creates a space of belonging so that way we can get our, you know, our, we call them nerdism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I get my thing. It's this, before it was this, um, you had the rise of, of things like comic con, you know, like mm -hmm. people, you know, to be a comic book nerd, y'all remember it used to be like an outcast. Mm -hmm. If you were into comics, you were that guy. You may as well be wearing Crocs with socks, you know, <laughs> back yeah. in the, the, but now like comic con's huge because these people, they, Crocs with socks. they met, the, they met each other online and then they said, Hey, there's a lot of us. Let's get together. So, and so wear costumes. Exactly. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. But that's kind of the thing. This this does exist to fill a role. 
And what we have to realize is that is a, a spiritual need that we have to be yeah. in community. Anytime you see an uh, influencer and you connect with them, you are tapping into something. That is a divine need we have. Um, so so it's not something we are to just throw away. And it's okay to enjoy Quellcon and Comic-Con. But, right. but, <laughs> but at the end of the day... I can't get my picture taken with, a, with an influencer. Exactly. I come, I come to April's house, there's a guy with a mullet, and he's got like two no. kids. He's like, that's my dude! I'm no, like, that was I'm not. just kidding. No, but seriously, that's... He was bald. <laughs> Exactly. But that's but that's where we're at. It's okay to have those niches fulfilled. But it's also, here, here, here's one thing I know. Why do you go to QuailCon? Honestly, I went for um, the community to meet other people that, that were like-minded, to learn yep. from their expertise. It was really an educational thing. And this is the thing your children don't know yet that you know. Every influencer subculture that's created is always better in person yep you know we can sit here and talk about you there's hiking culture right hiking culture is huge we got people in our church who love to go hiking they follow the pages watch the podcast hiking culture is huge but i promise you this if you told them they had to choose between watching a podcast or hiking or going hiking with somebody what are they going to choose they're going to go exactly so that's our biggest thing we want to i want to pass on to my children it's okay to be influenced but never let that replace right. doing and being a part of community. Exactly. It's not a substitute for community. So that being said, this has been, I've, I've learned some stuff today. It's been a good conversation. Um, I'm going to be so, man, I'm, the second I cut on you know, my social media, I'm going to be thinking about this and super convicted. <laughs> so, and, uh, Especially if it's TikTok. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh, anyways, it's been good hanging out with you today. My name is Delmar. I'm Robert. And I'm April. And we hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you are living in harmony.